0: Welcome to the Responsibly Different mini-series exploring the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, helping you set meaningful goals in 2023. Welcome to the Responsibly Different
1: mini-series, featuring the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. In this episode, Ben and I will be discussing goal number five, gender equality. The United Nations defines this goal as achieving gender equality and empowering all women and girls. We'll be focusing on this goal as outlined by the UN. We do recognize that there are more than two genders in the road to gender equality, for our trans and non-binary siblings is also long.
0: As we think about this goal, we uncovered some really wild stats about gender equality for women and girls. Currently, it would take another 40 years for women to be equally represented in national political leadership around the globe. And only 57% of women ages 15 to 49 are making their own informed decisions on sex and reproductive health care.
1: That's right, Ben. And more than one in four women have been subjected to intimate partner violence at least once in their lifetime. Also, not to mention the pay equity gap in opportunities for professional advancement.
0: In order to achieve gender equality, the U.N. has outlined some key targets that include but are not limited to uh, ending all forms of discrimination against women and girls everywhere, eliminate all forms of violence against All women and girls in the public and private spheres, including trafficking, sexual, and other forms of exploitation. Eliminate all harmful practices such as child early and forced marriage and female genital mutilation. Recognize the value of unpaid care and domestic work. Ensure universal access to sexual and reproductive health care and ensure women's full and effective participation and opportunities for leadership at all levels of decision-making in political, economic, and public life.
1: To give us some insight into how businesses are working to contribute to the success of this goal, we reached out to Priscilla Zamora. She is the co-founder of Certified B Corp Women in Management, based in Santiago, Chile. Priscilla has worked as a consultant for the United Nations, working specifically on goal number five, and is in the business to close the gender equity gap. There
2: are no countries that gender equality isn't an issue, not even Iceland or New Zealand or Sweden or many countries that we think that they are very
1: advanced. This is a topic for them to to solve. As we just heard, this is a global issue for all to solve. Before we dive into solutions in the business sphere, We asked Priscilla to illustrate some of the struggles women are up against. It will take us, according to the World Economic
2: Forum, 132 years worldwide to close the gender economic gap, which is to have a balanced number of women and men in leadership roles, to have the balanced number of women in the formal workplace, receiving payment for that, working receiving a paycheck for that and not working, as we say, in the house, taking care of our children and our uh, our communities, because that is not paid, unfortunately, in many countries. And also that the um, gender salary gap doesn't exist, that it's around 20 percent, the same work that a, woman, that a woman and a man, they do, men receive 20 percent more. So when that don't be an issue, according to how we are, the, the rhythm that we're moving on, it will take us 132 years. But if we look at other different gender gaps, like for example rights for uh, girls and women that are not discriminated to her, to them, it will take us 268 years to erase all of those laws that in somehow discriminate women all around the world, according to UN Women, uh, this year. So there are so many things that we need to work. And it doesn't matter that in in each country we can move forward. And of course, in North America and Europe, the numbers are better, but they're not so great either, I must say. It doesn't matter if in our countries or our regions are moving forward. If our sisters in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America, in Europe too, in, in North America, are suffering from discrimination, every woman suffers discrimination. So we need to work with ours. And remember a lot what happens in the world. That's why it's so important to be connected with other social movements and be connected with the news and what is going on. So we need to keep our eyes, our ears, our minds and our hearts very open to.
0: Holy bananas. 268 years to bring about true equality for women and girls. Clearly, we have a lot of work to do. We asked Priscilla what some of the common challenges are that come up for businesses in building towards a more equitable future for women and what some of the common missteps are that she has seen in her work.
2: I think that for organizations, one of the first approaches for them as a pain is not to have enough women in leadership roles. And it's a strategy that a lot of organizations have taken, like we should have more women or balanced numbers in, in leadership, which I think it's okay, but it kind of leaves us blind in other very important aspects, because first of all, only privileged women will be in those leadership roles and not necessarily feminist women. So sometimes we say that one woman opens the doors to others, but when is the first one? We usually there's a syndrome called the queen bee syndrome that is like it was so hard for me to get here. I'm the first woman and I work a lot. It was so hard. I had to go through so many challenges while well, the other ones need to leave that, that too, because it's hard. It made me tough. It made me strong. So the other ones, they need to do it, too. And that is something that happens, especially when when it's the first woman, for example, I don't know, in construction or engineering or. We have a lot of mining here. So because it tends to, I'm going to like try to be one of the guys because I'm the only woman, so I can be so like this or so like that. I'm going to try to blend in. So I'm kind of transform myself. Uh, And we don't want that. I mean, if a woman likes to be direct, she likes to talk and hit the table, I don't have any problem with that. But that she do it because she is like that is her essence, not because she had to transform herself. And if there are women that are more, I don't know, diplomatic or they like to talk soft, that's fine, too, because women, we are not the same. We are not an homogeneous group. We are all different. So in the end, what we want is that every woman be herself, every person in the end in the workplace, just be themselves. So and you can change that only when you have at least 30 percent of women or another group that it hasn't been historically represented. So it is important. But I think that it's not the only thing. I think that looking at um, gender pay gaps, looking at their current policies to recruitment, looking and addressing how they are addressing sexual harassment um, and prevent violence against women in the workplace is also very important.
1: So it sounds like the work is far more nuanced than just getting more women in leadership roles or looking into those metrics. It goes far beyond that. Priscilla is going to share a two-step meaningful action plan that businesses can use. But as she will suggest, make sure if you use metrics to compare numbers year to year, you look beyond just those numbers. No matter what, we must have the support of C-level
2: in an organization. And not as a human resources department initiative. It needs to go through all the business in different areas. That is the first step. And the second one is to have an action plan, is to have it, to have goals, activities, responsibles, uh, a budget, uh, indicators, a deadline to all the activities that you want to do to short, mid and long term, like one, three, five years ahead, what we want to achieve. And then it comes the implementation. This is not a technical issue. It's not that if you hire and you have even 50% of women hire, that doesn't mean that you're going to have a place that respects women or that is not sexist. So there are a lot of things at the same time that we need to do, have the right policies, to have awareness, to have different programs, to have different strategies for men too, in, in sometimes a different space just for them to say, I don't know why we have this initiative for women, like a lot of initiatives at the same time and continuously improve and measure at the same time. This is not something that we're going to finish in one year. This is a constant because we are struggling against a system, a cultural system that has thousands of years. So if we do one implementation in one year, you are not ending the patriarchy system with one year. So Talking about methodology, something that has been very difficult and talking about feminist methodology, is we try to come with the certainty, with the indicator, with the number, also talking about scientific method. And sometimes you just need to embrace uncertainty. You just need to embrace we don't know what's gonna happen. Let's see. And that goes like against everything that we know about knowledge or science or whatever. But it is a very important aspect of uh, of feminist methodologies. For example, if we talk about economical indicators, uh, GDP, if we talk about GDP in a country that is so important, we are measuring growth and, and I don't know what, inflation or any economical ratio. Any of those indicators, when we talk about a country's GDP, considers unpaid work that a lot of women do in their house. So for example, in Chile, we talk about, I don't know, the mining industry, it's sort of 12% of GDP in Chile. If we will measure all the work that women do when they stay at home, they take care of children, uh, elderly people, or I don't know, people with disabilities, all that, it's close to 20% of our GDP. So it's like, there is so much that society relies on women's shoulders and free work, and we are not measuring that. So there is something wrong with our current measures. So that's why I'm trying to always like, be very skeptical about how much we rely on indicators.
0: I think that's such an important piece of the equation, the actual value of domestic labor and how it often is undervalued or taken for granted. Our systems that depend on free or cheap labor, such as the work of domestic laborers, are part of the problem perpetuating the inequalities we see in the world today. I think it's so important to emphasize the point that there is always a larger story beyond just the numbers. So while measurement and progress is important for accountability, we don't want to limit ourselves to just being married to metrics, We need to look holistically at how our policies and the way we move through the world are impacting one another. One of the key strategies that Priscilla works to implement in the companies she supports is increasing the social capital of women and building stronger connections between women in an organization.
2: But one of the things that we love to measure in our initiatives is the power of social capital, like Women feeling connected with others. So, when we start our implementations, we always ask, How connected do you feel with other women in your organization? And sometimes they say 60, 70%, which is really good. But after our implementations, we go up to that number to over 90, 95%. After a year of getting to know each other, having testimonies, having panels, having different topics, and gathering together, talking about different aspects of uh, um, a woman in the workplace. So connection, it's something very important because eventually for human resources, it will impact their retention rate. So people don't leave their work because it's not a good place to work. When I have friendship, when I have support in my company with through my colleagues, not even benefits, through the people that I see every day, I see my workplace in a different way but we are still like struggling to actually for me the dream will be to transform workplaces in more loving places in feminist workplaces where the relations are more horizontal where we all collectively come together with solutions where there are not so many clear roles of leadership but it's the collective it's the
1: group that come together to uh, to, to solutions As women are underrepresented in the workforce, it is important that empowered women keep empowering women and to keep those relationships up over time, building on that foundational work you create. It's this idea that we all just want to feel like we belong and are connected to the other humans we are interacting with. So how can we make spaces either in the workplace or
2: in my community or in my NGO or in politics or in any space that we have come to those moments of truth, vulnerability, compassion, and notice that in the end we are all sort of the same with very different struggles. But we are all looking for acceptance, for love, for belonging. And I feel that everybody that has a current role as an agent of change, either if you lead a diversity area, human resources or CEO or, or or whatever that you have this formal power, you need to go through that individual transformation first to like question all of these that I was telling you before. Mm, the indicators are so good or not. Our companies are, what are they doing right? Where are they causing harm? And after that, like, I went deep into my soul, how can I put myself in the service of others? So going through more the I and start talking more about the we, I think that is going to be key for the next decades, not just regarding gender, but many other social topics. Uh, But we need to go through that experience, those deep connections first. We need to do our own work and then put ourselves to the service of others.
0: After our conversation with Priscilla, we wanted to elevate some of the conversations that we've had on the show in the past with businesses that are both working to support women and finding innovative ways to build company culture that fosters gender equality. Lacey Chisholm, the founder of B Corp certified Fit for Dance, is on a mission to support women and her local community through her love of dance. So
3: I started Fit for Dance for... Three reasons of the first, as you said, to encourage women, especially African-American women, to take charge of their health through dance and fitness, because African-American women are dying at really unhealthy rates, more than anyone else, of preventable diseases like high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, and um, high cholesterol. And That's something that I used to struggle with as well, which encouraged me to, to dance and move and to get back into fitness. The second reason was to provide a safe space for children to be able to dance and feel confident and meet other people. And the third reason was to unite the community and have charitable projects, being able to bring the community together to work on projects that would support the immediate community and the larger community as well. I felt like because I have this platform of amazing people, mostly women. Um, We have some men as well, but mostly women. That it's my duty to be able to share social justice initiatives and really projects that are really important to the community
1: so that we can work on them together. And we just love how Lacey used that platform. Another certified B Corp, Badger Bomb, is using their platform to make real change in the workforce to ensure that there's space for women. Rebecca Hamilton, co-CEO, shares with us how when one employee speaks up about a benefit they think might be helpful for them, the company creates a policy for how that benefit might be able to provide support for all. We want to treat our employees with kindness and
4: respect. And so if you have that intention, then each time something comes up, Ask the question of what is the kind and respectful way that we can approach this in a way that also supports our business. So, we're really looking at each thing that comes up through that lens. And so, for babies at work, it was just a mother coming in and saying, I'd like to bring my baby to work. And at that point, we could have either just said, Yeah, sure, you can bring your baby to work, or we could have said, No. But what we did, and this is, I, I would attribute this to my mother's influence because she is very much a systems and process oriented person who thinks very deeply about things. And her response was to say, yes, and if we're going to allow one mother to bring their baby to work, how can we create a sustaining program that would allow any mother or any father to bring their baby to work in a way that is supportive for them, that is healthy for the child, and that works for the work environment? And so a lot of the things that we have as a company have come from one employee requesting a benefit and then us doing the work to figure out how we can actually make it work for the business and and all employees going forward.
0: We've just barely scratched the surface on gender equality for women in this episode, and we know there is much work ahead. Priscilla left us with this reminder that we feel is so important to share with all of you.
2: I would like to leave a message to all of those people that I do are doing this kind of work, social justice, more diversity in their workplaces, more gender equality and and that are fighting against those structural barriers that they are not alone. It can be sometimes a very lonely work, especially because we will get frustrated Not everything will work at the pace, at the rhythm, as fast as we would like to. But there are so many people, so many people in the world struggling and working towards a better world for everybody that if we connect, if we connect with that energy, with that strength, with that inspiration, I mean, I think that in the world, it's a lot of hope. It's a lot of people trying to make a lot of changes. And even if in your small community... I don't know, if you have a community or a team of three, four people, and you're trying to make a good work with them, That it's enough. Just adding all our efforts, we will really, really, really leave the world better as we receive it. And please don't give up on that. I know people that sometimes working with social justice can just get tired. And of course, I understand them. I've seen a lot of people that have quit their jobs, like it is too much for me. It's too much emotion but try to find others like you other crazy people like you that want to change the world for sure you will find in your country in your city you're not alone and um, and i'm here also very available to everybody who likes to i don't know have a cup of coffee and just talk about this and, and connect with others i mean the power community absolutely will change the world but let's let's get in touch like all of us all of these agents uh, of change just Hanging there and support uh, one another.
1: Thank you for tuning into this episode. This was United Nations Sustainable Development Goal number five, gender equality. Priscilla also worked with the United Nations for three years as a consultant specifically on goal number five and shared some resources with us that we believe will be helpful to you all. One is the Women Empowerment Principles, or WEP for short. There are seven principles that you can apply to your organization, whether you are one person or a large multinational organization, they're free for you to use. They cover everything we talked about today regarding gender pay gap, leadership, relationship with the community, and even others that we didn't have time to talk about, like supply chains. It's a great framework to learn more about the UN SDG number five. Another really helpful tool that Priscilla shared with us is the Gender Gap Analysis Tool, which is also free. It will help you measure your current policies and help you track your progress over time towards building a more equitable workplace. And there's so much more to learn and discover about this SDG. We encourage you to check out the show notes of this episode in your podcast player to continue learning. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to Responsibly Different Podcast wherever you listen to all of your favorite podcasts so you don't miss any of our special programs that we have planned for the rest of this year. This UN SDG miniseries is one example. We'll be dropping a new episode every workday for all 17 of the UN SDGs. Until next time, be responsibly different. Slow it down, it's okay, it's
0: on my own. show you too like it's 1962. Got a bright future in the nick of time. Bright future in the nick of time. This episode was hosted and produced by yours truly, Ben Marine, and Brittany Angelo. We purchased this music from the amazing B Corp Marmoset Music. You can check them out at marmosetmusic.com. To learn more about us, visit responsiblydifferent.com. And to learn more about our parent company, visit diragocollective.com.